<laughs> so right. it's about being mindful of how we communicate. And likewise for Daniel, you go in and like to work a room. You like to work people. And if somebody is not high influence, they're going to be like, who's this guy? Like he's fake. He's trying too hard. Like we all have these judgments, right? When we're not working with people that are like us. And so it's really important that we understand. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Welcome everybody to Level Up. Today is a very special episode because we've got a great friend and uh, industry professional, Michelle Reese, with us today. Michelle uh, was named one of the top 50 women in Canadian real estate, according to REP magazine. Um, she's a published author for Forbes and an active member of the Forbes Real Estate Council. Uh, she's earned a reputation for being an industry leader, which we have seen in real life as she goes. Uh, she's born into the real estate industry. She began her career over 20 years ago and has served in multiple roles to help grow one of Canada's largest real estate franchises. She's the owner and broker of record of Royal Page Connect Realty, the owner and founder of the Aligned Agent Academy and host of the Chart Topping Podcast, the Aligned Agent Podcast, which is an amazing podcast you guys have to check out. Absolutely. Um, and your whole aligned, myth, aligned method just really speaks to both Daniel and I. I think it's so refreshing for our industry. So do you want to talk a little bit about that first before we Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, first, let me say thank you to both of you. You guys are always so generous with your with your time and your you know willingness to, to sort of collaborate with people. So I really respect that. So thank you. It's an honor for me to be here um with you guys and I think you know we've only known each other not that many you know no. years but it feels like and, and hopefully I'm not speaking just for myself but it does it feels like we've yeah. known each other for such a long time and I think that speaks to you know our commonalities and our goals and vision and values and really just wanting to make this industry as amazing as it could be for the agents that are in it. So mm -hmm. kudos to you guys for what you do, because I know, uh, you know, outside of family, which is ultra important to you um, and your brokerage, you both give back to really elevate um, and, and level up the industry uh, for so many. Yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. So what can I say? I mean, I, I, uh, I spent, I've been in the industry for many, many, many years in many, many different roles. And it just, it dawned on me very early on that a, from my experience coming in, trying to get into sales. And you thought, you know, most people would have thought that would have been so natural because I had literally grown up in the industry, mm -hmm. but I faced the same uh, struggles and challenges and that feeling of, of being an imposter in this industry, the same as everybody else does. And that to me really spoke volumes because I kind of looked at that and went, huh, so it's not knowledge that's, you know, really causes the success. It's, it's not years of experience that really leads to what success is. So what is it that really 
causes people to create success in this industry? And why is it that so many people are struggling and so many people, regardless of their financial success, are not enjoying the fruits of their labor? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started in my natural way of asking questions of why, like I'm one of those people that just has to understand the why. I'm not the one that takes the answer and just says, oh, okay, and then carries on with that, it. It's that like, must be it. But why? Yeah, I was probably that really annoying child, right? <laughs> but why? Yeah. Um, but that curiosity really is the only way I know how to navigate life. And so I, I really started doing some research and started, uh, you know, testing out the market and asking questions. And I, I came to a few realizations. One, we all struggle. It doesn't matter how perfect of a match in terms of, you know, I know we're going to be talking about disc profiling and, and all of that, but it doesn't matter how you know, close of a match you think you are or other people think you are. We still come to the table with apprehensions and fears and insecurities, and we just don't ever believe that we fully measure up. Two, I think the industry has glamorized hustle and grind. Um, it certainly glamorized the, um, you know, that wolf uh, mentality, right? The wolf of, of Wall Street, like just get in there, be direct, and firm and get this done and results oriented. And those are all great qualities. But when we're kind of skewed to look at that as that is the ideal we have to be working towards, when that's not who you are, Mm-hmm. makes it really, really hard. And so that's kind of where the align, uh, you know, methodology and the alignment really was birthed from was, wouldn't it just be so much easier if we could all just understand what our own blueprint is, and kind of shut everything else out that those external influences that make you feel like you're not enough that make you feel like you, you have to do your business one way or your, your business has to look one way. And if we could just kind of align with ourselves and our goals and vision, oh my goodness, like just, it just felt it, I felt it. The minute I kind of, you know, came to that realization, it was just like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? And the reality is it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's not enough people talking about it. And so that's, that's really what kind of spawned my, um, you know, where can I, where can my voice be heard? And that really was what developed the, the podcast um, and the Facebook groups and, uh, you know, just my ability to get out there and use whatever influence I've gained over the last 20 plus years mm-hmm. and really just share the message that it doesn't have to look one way. And if you're struggling, there's a reason it usually has to start with what's going on in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can start there and really get comfortable with what are our profiles like what's our blueprint what is my blueprint because my blueprint's very different from yours very different from daniel's very different from other brokers in the industry mm-hmm. um and and so as realtors when you come in uh naturally whenever you're learning something you and we know this from kids right they emulate mm-hmm. we look to other people it's like how should i be doing this and that's so natural and normal but at some point there has the, the switch has to flip yeah and you have to kind of come back to what is it that you want What's going to feel right for you? Because there's not one way of doing the business. We know that everything works because we see people doing them. Mm -hmm. But what works for us? And so that's really where I come from, you know, from that place of alignment. Yeah, no, that's so refreshing. And I think that gives a lot of people hope that they don't have to be a hard-nosed salesperson to make it in this industry. They can design it the way they want to. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that the beautiful thing? I mean, when you think back to when you came into the industry and what kind of your reason for it, it mm-hmm. wasn't it to be able to create this amazing business in life and one that's going to support the lifestyle, you know, dreams that you have? Because we are very much a lifestyle business. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And we're becoming more of that too. Yeah. So um, I think that that's, there's a lot of potential for that down the road for a lot of people. So, and people yeah. believe what they see and what they're told and what they hear without yeah. diving into themselves enough. And this is an industry where, as we know, there's tons of people and they're continuously coming in with a picture in their mind of how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's what they want and sometimes it does match who they are. Yeah. But I think uh, this is going to be very refreshing for us to, to yeah. really take a step back and look at how much we really understand, <laughs> you know, what our, what, what will help align us and what our profile yeah. is. And, you know, are we, you know, living our best real estate life and professional life within the types of people that we, that we really are. And mm -hmm. so I'm really excited to have this conversation. For yeah. Sure. So we reached out to Michelle because she is certified in the disc profile analysis. And so when we reached out, she was so giving of her time and actually just um, got us thinking about how we could make more content surrounding this whole profile analysis. So we're going to have a second parter to this uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, but the first part is having Michelle on and just talking about how our profiles match up to um, us working in this industry as agents. Um, as you guys all know, we're also um, in a broker uh, owner uh, job setting, but um, we want to make it relevant to everybody that's listening. And we think that as an agent, it would be nice to know what kinds of profiles and personalities match up to different things in this industry. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll first start off by saying um, this. So some people may have already, as soon as they heard disc, kind of went, oh, <laughs> because it has been, in my opinion, misused um, in the industry. I think there have been, you know, select brokerages or uh, brand names that have used it as a screening tool mm -hmm. uh, where they're looking for a specific profile. This is what they want for their sales team. And so they have every, um, you know, agent that's applying to, to join the brokerage go through the disc. Um, and they use that, again, in a way that if you don't match the profile that they're looking for, they don't really give you much confidence to, to believe that you can, you know, really do the business on your own. Um, and so maybe I'll start by just giving a really brief overview of DISC yeah. um, for everybody, just uh, if you've never heard of it. So DISC is a, is a personality and behavior profile. Um, analysis. It's an assessment tool. Um, it's used in multiple situations in multiple industries. It helps bridge the gap with communication or miscommunication in team environments. It helps to match people up if they're growing a team or scaling a business to, so that they know, um, you know, who should we be bringing on? What's going to be a good fit for the role that we're looking for to hire for? Um, and, 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 and they use it for uh, screening purposes to really, if, if you are creating teams, to be able to say, this is going to be a good dynamic. Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, if you have this dynamic, this is, these are some things that you might want to watch out for. I use it a little bit differently. Um, so I use it, I'm very much a believer, again, coming back to alignment and understanding what our blueprint is. And so while DISC is not the be all end all of it, it is a great assessment tool to, for us to be able to kind of extract and understand who are we as people? Mm -hmm you know, how, um, how do I communicate best? What are my natural strengths? And what areas might I be struggling with? And so I take this natural blueprint based on how people have answered the questions. Um, and I apply it to the business, but I don't apply it in the you know, to be a, a strong salesperson, you have to have a high dominance level because that's the results-oriented, goal-oriented profile. I use it more in the respect of where, where might you excel naturally 
um, so that we can do more of those things? Um, and where might you have some struggles or challenges that we can help to support it? Um, and so DISC measures four behavior traits. And these four behavior traits we all have. So according to the DISC theory, we all have these behavior traits and they're known as dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance. Now, for those uh, that are listening that might um, have taken DISC before or are more uh, you know, comfortable with, with DISC language, you may have heard some variations in those um, titles. Yeah. So sometimes compliance is, is um, labeled as conscientiousness. So they, you know, the, the actual terms used are obviously reflective of, of Thomas organization, which is where I'm certified under, um, but they all mean the same thing. So we have four behavior traits. Um, each one of us has them. What changes amongst us is that intensity level. And it's that intensity level that really demonstrates those differences between us. Why, you know, if we, if we all have dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance, then why do we behave differently when we're under pressure? Why are some of us more able to go after goals regardless of fear and some of us get stopped by that? Why are some of us better with more routine structured environments and other ones are like, <laughs> don't even get me there. Mm -hmm. And it's because of those variations in the intensity level of these factors. And based on that, whether it's a high intensity or a low intensity, that really determines specific behavior traits. Right. And so once we get a really good picture of ourselves, um, then, then we're, you know, I think that level of self-awareness, which is huge in entrepreneurship, like I think at the end of the day, um, you know, one of the most important traits that I think really matters most to success is self-awareness, because you can't meet people any deeper than you know yourself. Yeah. And when you're in a people environment, constantly working with different personality types and different ways of communicating, there, that level of awareness has to be there. You have to know how you operate best so that you can kind of adjust yourself to meet the needs of the people. And that, you know, when it comes to negotiating, when it comes to communication, that, that's really the essence of it all. It's not how you need to communicate. How do they need to hear it? Right. Um, and so I, I take those and, and, and I look at that blueprint um, and then use that to start conversations with people on, okay, so now that you know this about yourself, what do you see is kind of, uh, you know, coming to the surface for you? Like, do you see why maybe time, the, the scheduling method you're using for time management night button might not be a lot, you know, best aligned with you? Or can you see how you're trying to approach lead generation this way, but based on your profile, you actually would prefer to do it opposite? Um, and so how can we align those? And so I know you're going to get into in, in a future episode, uh, much more sort of detail and depth in terms of team dynamics, uh, and, and really going, you know, deeper into that. Um, but I think I'll kind of leave it there not to complicate, uh, anything and just kind of give that, that sort of foundation piece on what disc is and, and sort of how I use it. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Uh, I, I can say this and, and to everyone who's listening, I guess it might be apparent already that we both did fill out the questionnaire. We've mm -hmm. both gone through the, the disc profiling process. Um, and I will say as someone who is by nature, I believe, but you'll tell me um, <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of a skeptic and a bit of someone who almost with questionnaire things like this feels like you can control the narrative or sometimes you subconsciously see the answers and say, ah, this is going to lead to this. And that's what I want to be. Yeah. So I'm going to answer that. I can say that this was a refreshing approach in that the way that it worked was you chose a most likely or a most and a least yeah. of a series of answers that seemed very dangerously similar to one another, where 
you know, whether or not I subconsciously wanted to control the narrative, I don't think I did. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, but it was nice because uh, it really, I think, is going to open my eyes to to things that I've tried to not get answered in the past appropriately. <laughs> I don't want to know. Right. So, so give us <laughs> the hard truth. Or the good truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, in, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because the way the disc is structured, it's, it's known as an ipsative test. So it forces you to choose between two things that are most like you and two things that are least like you. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes difficult for people, but that's where the science is in, you can't really falsify it. Like, our, our instinct as human, we all want to belong and be liked, right? Like that is that, that I think that just kind of goes with human nature. Mm -hmm. And so when you're answering questions, especially if it's somebody that, you know, you know, that's kind of conducting the assessment, you want to be seen in the best light, right? We, we don't want people to know all of our, <laughs> our dark shadows. Um, and so your instinct is to want to answer it so that you look favorable. But the way the test is designed with all the similarities of questions and the repetition of the questions just being asked in different ways, if you were trying to control the outcome, it would come back invalid. Um, and so it would automatically recognize there's too many inconsistencies in how you're responding. Um, we need to redo the test. And so it actually wouldn't even give me a, a, a result from there. So, so we passed. You both, yeah, and that's the beautiful thing, right? Like, it's not even about passing and failing. It's just, um, you know, you've got to be comfortable, obviously. Uh, and I usually tell people when they're when they're filling it out, don't overthink it. Like, just whatever that first instinct is, go with that. That's usually the right, you know, the right answer for you because that's what's first coming to mind. But when you know, when it forces you to choose between two things that are least like you, you're like, well none of these are like me. Like yeah. none of this sounds like me, but that forcing of, well, if I have to choose, yeah, I would go with this. And that's really where the science behind is it that, that, that it works so well and why people are so shocked when they get the results. They're like, how did you get all of this information about me just from these little, you know, 21 or 22 simple questions. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing. It was like, it was really quick, you know, as long as you have, and I know when we were doing it with Victoria, it was like, you know, you need to have 20 minutes of uninterrupted time. And she knew we had four kids. So it was like, you need to find like, just, I know it's hard, but, and so we did, we took it very seriously when yep. we were both at the office separately, we did it. And um, yeah, it, it doesn't take long at all. So we got our reports back. We did glance at them, but we, you know, it was hard to really decipher what exactly it all means. Um, but yeah, maybe we can get into like what your, I guess, initial thoughts are like, on yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't be scared. And here's, here's the truth because you're going to dive into team dynamics. I'm not going to go into too much detail about each of your individual profiles. Okay. Cool. So, um, that'll make more sense, uh, you know, when you're actually going through that. Yeah. So here's what I will say in, in, in the disc language, mm -hmm. each of you has a profile name. Yeah. So Katie, your profile would be known as uh, DCI. Yeah. So your highest factors are, um, sorry, your, your apologies. I'm looking at the wrong one. Your uh, profile is DC, DC, DC. So you have a high dominance, high compliance. Okay. okay? And Daniel's is IDC. Ooh, fancy. Okay. So three high. Yes. Yeah, so three high profiles. Yeah. You guys got a lot of similarities, but again, we're not going to talk team, team dynamics. I want to save that so that it's all fresh for you guys. When you guys do that, uh, yeah. that we episode, an we need to meet an S to hang we out. Do. With us. 
so yeah and that's what you'll kind of you know run into when you when you um really go in depth into team dynamics yeah. with uh, victoria is when you are building a team or if you do need support yeah. what things should you be looking for and that you know for the realtors listening as well i mean our first instinct when we get to a certain level of business is i need help i want to you know and they go for the first new hire and you end up naturally wanting maybe to choose people that are like you, mm -hmm. right? Because you get along and that might not necessarily be the best fit depending on what role you're trying to fill. Right. Um, but based on, on uh, your profiles, what this tells me is this. So for Katie, with yours uh, being high dominance, high compliance, um, it tells me that your strengths are really in being a self-starter, in being um, naturally direct and competitive and assertive. You're goal-oriented. Mm -hmm. um, you like to ha know what, what is expected and get out there and achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. um, and then with your compliance, it tells me that you're not just about getting results just for the sake of getting results. You want them to be accurate. Mm -hmm. And so you're very much focused on information and policy, what is right. Uh, you want things to be correct and done properly. There has to be a system and a procedure um, for things. And so you're not somebody that's just going to be achieving results for the sake of achieving results. You, you do put an emphasis on quality. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and so you, you're, you're very influential in, in your own way based on the information that you know. So you are somebody that would likely lend itself to be an expert in something. When you, so you know a lot about a lot of things, but you have that tendency to really want to be an expert, you know, really have that area of expertise, which um, I think, you know, you're involved at, at Rico, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, you know, I think if you take a look at your involvement with Rico and it really is about the rules and guidelines and making sure that, you know, everything is operating properly, that so much aligns with who you are and your natural focus and appreciation for doing things right. Like yeah. there's rules in place, you know, and we need to follow these rules and how do we make them clear? How do we set guidelines and procedures for people? So mm -hmm. that's totally your love language. Um, yeah. Right. Rules. <laughs> you should have made your disc profile part of your campaign. It would have been helpful. Uh, yeah, really? Yeah, really, really. Um, and so, you know, when I take a look at those being your strengths, I mean, let me ask you, so knowing that those are your strengths, yeah. where do you see that being a great fit for when you're working with clients? I mean, I think it lends itself to my, like my level of professionalism and just my, um, I'm trying to think of the word, um, like the trustworthiness and the loyalty I'll have with people because I don't, I, I, I don't like error outside. Like I don't take risks, especially, well, I do take risks, but not with other people. And um, yeah, so I, I can see how that definitely fits in. And even when we are implementing like some sort of a marketing campaign or advertising, I want to make sure it's correct. It's following the rules. I'm not, and I, I want to know that I'm right. Like, I don't want to just say, I think this is how it's to be interpreted. Like our auction thing is like a perfect example of that. As we were going through that exercise of figuring out, are we breaking any rules? Mm -hmm. um, I would be like, okay, but I need to see the rule and understand it and make sure that it's, we, we are falling within the guidelines. So I can, yeah. I can definitely connect with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't let any stone go unturned. Like right. you're, you're a, you know, that naturally lends itself to you being a really great problem solver. Mm. Again, if there's a problem and you know what that final outcome needs to be, you're going to do what you need to do to figure out all of the workings around it to make sure that that happens. And so you're really great at being able to handle those, you know, problem situations because you're not going to be overly emotional about it. 
you're going to kind of feel you have that natural ability to be very systematic and logical the way you think. So it's very much like, okay, what doesn't matter in here? Let's get right to the crux of what the problem is and let's figure out a solution for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so problem solving is, is really going to be a great strength when you're working with, with people mm-hmm. uh, and your ability to lend that level of knowledge that you have that most people wouldn't take the time nor would have the appreciation for. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are a natural educator. It doesn't surprise me uh, that you kind of, uh, you know, were inspired to move into more brokerage management roles, doing the podcasts wanting to help people and give back um, because you do have that again you have that appreciation for knowledge and information and you also want to be able to make an impact and and impart that on people Um, and so you you do that so your level of information and knowledge and expertise is going to come out as you know very visibly when people work with you and I'm sure if I ask you right now like what is one of sort of the feedback that you get from clients their testimonials, what is it that they're saying about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it, it does really connect with, with those qualities for sure. Yeah. On the flip side, like, I'm just wondering, cause I, I know like from a, I, I guess from clients that will typically want to be very talkative and want to, like, I feel like I know what I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I can adjust, you know, to like try, but like, that is not my type of person. And and I, and I can see that for sure. Yeah. More apparent now. So that speaks to where your low factors are. So with, with your disc profiling, I said, you're a DC. So your low factors, which are the supportive factors Mm -hmm. are your influence and your steadiness. So influence really speaks to, um, you know, whether or not you are external people focused or internal task focused. Mm-hmm. And you are somebody in all preference, right? It's not, it's not that you can't and remember, we all have four, we all have these four behavior traits and we all have the ability to flex those muscles and adjust yeah. and adapt. Right. And we do yeah. naturally. Um, but your most preferred way of being or most comfortable way of being is to be more task focused, mm-hmm. not, uh, not so much involved in the emotions and the people and like being liked. And, um, you know, we all want to be liked and, and we all want to belong, but that's not a primary focus for you. Like, you know, it, you would strike me as somebody that would be okay to be able to make a tough decision, even if it meant you looked unfavorable or somebody might not like that. Right. Um, whereas that would hang up, that would cause people like some people to put on the brakes, like, Oh no, 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 no. Like I just, there's no way I can make that decision. Um, and so that, that low influence, low steadiness, steadiness as that name already kind of, you know, gives it a, a lend to is the pacing. And so your natural pacing is that you like to be mobile and active and restless. And you, you know, if I was to ask you to sit down at a desk and do routine work, you know, consistently all day long, you'd probably pull your hair out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you prefer to be more mobile and active and have variety in your day. So it doesn't mean you can't sit down and do routine work, but you have a low boredom threshold. It's like, okay, give me, give me something next. Uh, now, again, I will, I'll, I'll frame this by saying this is all based on how you answer the questions, right? right. So yeah. I can't get into your brain. I'm not a mind reader. Uh, mm-hmm. But based on how you answer the questions, that's what that's what the profile is showing us, right? Is that you can, uh, you have the ability to be flexible and adaptable, which lends itself then to real estate, which there's a lot of moving pieces yeah. that that's not going to feel stressful for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas for somebody who has high steadiness, who prefers to be very thorough and, you know, they're slower paced and follow through properly. 
when things go awry or there's too many things going on, it stresses them out. So it doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to cope, but are they most comfortable in that situation? Yeah. No, it's interesting. Like even from like a prospecting and, and just like a, a scheduling perspective, like if I'm trying to do like these few things every morning in order to like keep in touch with my clients, I, I definitely get bored very quickly. And I'm just like, Oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Like I'd rather like pick a time in the day where I can fit it in and then do it versus have a time block and knowing that that's what it is. So that's very interesting. Yeah. And you can see where then knowing that about yourself, Mm -hmm. put yourself back in that new agent position. Yeah. You know, when you come in and with all good intentions, right, we're we're all, we're all broker owners, right? So with Mm -hmm. all good intention, coaches, managers, broker owners, we want to see people succeed, but, but we are only able to deliver what we know. And so what we know is what we know works for us. And so without realizing there's almost this unspoken, here's how you should manage your time. Here's what your day should look like. Here's how many hours you should spend doing this. And this is what it should look like in your day. And that doesn't work for everybody. And so if, you know, the more, again, coming back to our blueprints, the more we know about ourselves and can really just own up to that's, you know, it's great. And I know it works for somebody because it's obviously working for somebody, but here's some challenges that I'm running into. And then the more, you know, about yourself, you can kind of go, okay, so maybe I don't work best with strict, rigid schedules. Some people do. Um, some people need that. And I think on some level, we all need structure, but that what that structure looks like, if it's not aligned with who you are, it's always resistance. There's always going to be resistance and it's going to feel hard and it shouldn't. Um, so there's ways of building in structure where it's got a little bit more flexibility, where if you kind of just know what your top three things are to do every day to keep your business moving, you have the freedom and autonomy to decide when that's going to work. If it's after the kids go to bed, if it's on lunch hour. But if I was to say to you, Katie, you're going to wake up every morning at 6 a.m. You're going to do your exercises, but 9 to 11, you're going to be prospecting. From 1 until 3, you're going to be doing your client follow-ups. From 5 until 7, you're going to be doing this. Okay, you might look at that and go, great, I like the clarity, mm-hmm. right? Because you are somebody that likes mm-hmm. likes to have clarity. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to it in implementation, it's not going to feel natural for you Mm -hmm. and it's going to feel too rigid and structured. And then you're going to resent the fact that you don't have the freedom, which is what you really wanted when you got into the business to begin with, right. Um, Is to have that ability to be flexible and adaptable. So um, it really, it comes down to, you know, if we, if you look at your, your schedule either now or when you were a realtor, what were some of those challenges that you were facing with time management? Um. Yeah, I think for me, I just wanted to do a heck of a lot more that I, than I knew I could ever fit into a day, but I couldn't, and I still can't say to myself, um, okay, like you're, you're being like ridiculous right now. How are you actually going to accomplish all that? And then I get to the end of the day and I'm like, oh crap, you know, I've only done half of these. One thing that's really helped me. And when you say like, when you mentioned the top three things, I got, um, the full focus planner, which Mm -hmm. is like, one that really focuses on, okay, what are your top three for the day? And if you can just accomplish those, then it's a good day. The rest, it's like you can do it or carry over to another day and that's fine. And it actually has little, um, 
I'm looking at it now, it has like little icons that allows you to defer things if like, and so knowing that I have the ability to defer, like I'm given, I'm given the, uh, the permission to do so. I feel like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to defer that and move on. But when I see that, like yesterday, for example, I did accomplish all my, my top three and I'm like, this was a great day. I did it, you know, and I did it in my own time. I figured out when I was going to do it, but it got done. Yeah. And that really speaks to outside of profiles that actually just speaks to how our brains are wired. Mm. Um, and so again, a lot of what I do when, when, you know, with the aligned agent Academy and all the programs and support is looking at part of your blueprint is how are our brains wired to mm. stay motivated and how are we motivated to achieve things and how can we really hack the way our brain is programmed to our advantage because our brains are not meant to move us to success. Like that's not what it's wired for. It's wired to keep us safe and to keep things familiar and to keep things efficient. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always going to align with your goals and visions Mm -hmm. unless you understand that. So going with the top three, I call it the commit to three. When you can commit to three, that works for just about anybody Mm -hmm. Um, because what it's doing is it's tapping into the reward center of the brain. Mm -hmm. And we all like checklist people that are listening right now. For those of you who love checklists, there's a rush when you get to check something off that it's been completed. (laughs) And that's why why you come back to doing checklists because it feels good to feel organized. You've got a visual and it's like, check check. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done, it's like, ah, the reality is those lists are never done. Those to-do lists, uh, they're like laundry. They just, you know, there's always, there's always something to add to it. So when you commit to three, you're giving your brain what it wants. You're teaching it that it's going to give you this dopamine hit every time you you accomplish a goal, which is going to then further help the motivation. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a great strategy for, for anybody. Um, You have, you have an appreciation, like you you mentioned, I like to get things done, right. And I want to have everything there. You're not willing to get things done at the cost or expense of getting it done. Right. Right. There is, I can't in in my conscience, (laughs) cross something out if I know it hasn't been fully done. I'm deferring it. <laughs> You're defer- And that's why you love that. Cause it's like, Oh, okay. I don't have to compromise my values. I don't have to compromise my level of perfectionism. Um, and so, you know, perfectionism is also a, a you know, a strength and a challenge, right? It, it's great because I guarantee if I was to go through any of the contracts you've written up for your clients, they would be perfect mm-hmm. there. You know, there's not going to be a spelling mistake. You're going to make sure everything is, is, you know, gone through with a fine tooth comb. So accuracy is really important for you. So when we take a look at, um, you know, even lead generation now. So if I was to say to you, so actually, maybe you can tell me when you were, uh, you know, really actively focused on on sales, what, what did you what did what did you find about lead generation? What sort of strategies did you love that or what ones were not really working for you? Yeah, I hated door knocking. I hate I I made myself do it. But it was honestly torture for me (laughs) just meeting new people and trying to like, you know, it's just like, but I did do a lot of open houses. And what I found was easier about that is like, I knew at least people were coming and interested and, and like, it was more starting a conversation, which made it easier, I think for me. Um, But definitely more behind the scenes, like if I was more active now. I think I would take more um, like the digital ad strategy. I I definitely, I feel like I'm pulled towards that direction um, a lot more than um, like cold calling or anything like that. Because it's, again, there's that low influence part coming in, right? Mm -hmm. It's you, you are great in small situations, intimate conversations. Uh, You are great at sort of 
building those connections with people, but to go out there and be the life of the party might not be your comfort level. And so it feels, it can feel exposing. It can feel like, ugh, like this is not how I want to connect with people knocking on their door. So cold like that, like I'm about relationships. I want to know about you first. Right. And so it's hard to do that with certainly generating strategies. So again, it's not that people who don't have high influence or whose profiles are, are, you know, you're sitting there saying, Oh, I hate door knocking too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that you should steer away from them from doing that. But again, if you can kind of ask yourself, is there another strategy that might be better aligned with me? Right. And it doesn't surprise me that you would pick, you know, online leads because again, you don't have to get out there and be verbal and communicative and, and, you know, in people's faces, you get to slowly build and nurture those relationships through a process, which you love. And then when, when there's opportunity, you're, you're there because you've warmed up, they've warmed up and you can just take it from, you know, take it and run. So it doesn't surprise me that that would be actually in a twos. And it's interesting because now I feel like I've developed or created a really strong repeat and referral business Mm -hmm. for myself. Like that's all pretty much I do right now. And because I love keeping in contact with the people that I've done business with in the past. I love working with people that refer me to them because I know they're similar to how their personalities are. So I, it's like, I'm not guessing. I know I can just like fit right into that. So yeah. 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 And, and, and also just building upon like the community thing, like we we're trying to build a community, um, within our own area, like just to get our name out there and things like that. And I love the process of just building that and getting more people like understanding who we are and educating them about real estate and all that. Like that is like what drives me. And it might be, I guess, a longer play for some people. um, But I, I love that process of just building that, which is fun. Yeah. And I think there's always, there's always a trade-off and you, you know, we always have to weigh out our decisions. There's always a quick way to do things. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, what, where is that going to take you? Are you going to burn out in three years? Cause you don't really love that. Yeah. Um, and if you can find that happy medium where, okay, it might feel uncomfortable at the beginning, but I could see myself doing this and these are my strengths. And I know, you know, this is how I can apply them. Yeah. You will, you'll enjoy it more. And if you enjoy it more, you're going to do more. And then your longevity, um, is there, right? Because yeah. now you're not going to hit that wall going, Oh, why did I get into this business? I hate it. Right. And we hear that, right. We hear that a lot from people. 100%. Um, so Daniel, let's kind of yeah. talk about, let's <laughs> talk about you, uh, for, for a little bit. So you have a three factor high profile, your highest factor is influence, and then your dominance and compliance are actually equal. And both of you have that. Both of you have equal dominance influence, uh, dominance compliance factors. And so that, again, really speaks to uh, your ability to be influential, but influential in different ways. Um, you have a natural influence, Daniel, with that, that being your highest factor. So you are much more people focused. Mm-hmm. Um, you love getting out there, um, you know, being able to naturally persuade people. Chances are you just have to kind of engage into a story about, you know, your favorite restaurant and people have already bought into it. Um, you don't have to rely on the facts and the price and the location. It's just like the experience of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how, that's actually the difference in the two of you in terms of how you would communicate, mm-hmm. um, where Katie, you're again, very information focused, right? So you, when you speak to people, you're, you're going to be imparting on them everything that is important for them to know. Like if we're talking about going to, to lunch, you're going to give me the, oh, we should check out this restaurant because... Right. It was rated this. Um, it has uh, vegan and gluten free on the menu. It, um, you know, is only five minutes away. Uh, and so you're going to give me all the information about it, which is going to be helpful for people who 
who that's what they need, right? To be able to make decisions. And, you know, I'm only going to assume Daniel, but I think when, if we were talking about lunch, you might just kind of lead into, Oh, I went to this restaurant. It's like, I know it's maybe like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes away, but you walk in and you get the, the smell of this and they have fresh herbs and you would tell the story. Mm-hmm. And so that storytelling is how you persuade people to see things your way. So your influence comes that way, but both of you have that appreciation for um, in, uh, being influential with information. Mm-hmm. So you might not see it as much with Daniel because his highest factor is that the influence level. So he's going to probably lend itself more into being more persuasive, um, you know, and storytelling and sharing and uh, as opposed to leaning automatically into the, you know, the, the facts and all the important things. I, I think it's interesting because you're right, but I, I think I'd look at it as being influential with a rule book. Is kind yes, of, is how definitely. I, you both have an appreciation for rules. Yeah. Like neither of you are sort of the ones that are going to be like, I'm going to do it my way. It's mm-hmm. you, you have an appreciation for guidelines, clear expectations, processes. Mm-hmm. Um, you're both very logical thinkers that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, again, you, you, you have very similar profiles. The only, the only difference is you uh, between the two of you is that high influence. So that's the one that we're going to see most uh, readily and immediately from, from Daniel, um, if we had to, you know, compare and contrast, um, the two of you. So, you know, when we take a look at, uh, Daniel's again, it's very, very similar. Um, you have an appreciation for things being accurate and, and correct. And so with both of you having that equal dominance, equal compliance, here's what, uh, we end up finding that you might find where you get stuck, um, is, um, when you have to, you kind of vacillate between, um, how can I put this? You vacillate between, I need to get this done, but is this the right decision? Mm-hmm. So you're not just going to quickly make a decision because, you know, this is the direction we need to go. So there might be hesitation. There might be uh, maybe what looks like is procrastination to some people, right? If they're not, if they're not a similar profile. So that you vacillate between um, wanting to get things done, but wanting to get things done right. Um, making decisions, but you know, I have to make the decision, but that decision has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And before we decide to move ahead on things, so you're both very careful. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be highly reactive, which, which is great, right? Because when you're dealing in an industry and with people that is highly reactive, you can be very level-headed. Yeah. Um, so you're able to kind of talk people off ledges. <laughs> I think that, uh, in the industry that we're in and whether it's dealing with our clients, whether it's dealing with our agents as the brokerage, that is definitely us. Anytime a decision, and most of them do, will be impacting people who aren't ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think we feel a really strong responsibility in that being right and being perfect approach if it's going to impact somebody else. Mm-hmm. I do think, I mean, we're the same way with ourselves, but to a lesser degree, like we've jumped into things and maybe our experiences are shaping our profile as we go. And that's a For sure. interesting do disc profiles, can they change or are you what you are for the long haul? Yeah, so they can change, but they're not drastically. Okay. Um, you're going to have pretty fixed traits. Um, my my um, assumption from looking at both of yours, just looking at, because again, what the other thing that disc does, which we won't really talk about today, is it takes your um, your natural profile and it also shows us are you making behavior modifications in your current work role? 
Mm. Um, and if so, what are those modifications? What is it that you're changing about your natural way of doing things in order for you to feel like you need to do to be successful? And what behavior modifications do you make when you're under pressure? Uh, or in a crisis situation. Mm-hmm. So we do we do adapt and flex, but both of yours, um, those dominance and compliance factors, they still remain um, stable. So we have we have stable traits. There will be some that can fluctuate. Like I know with me, my steadiness has fluctuated. I've done I've done a few disc profiles. Um, sometimes the steadiness is high. Sometimes it's it's lower. Mm-hmm. And that to me is really a reflection of where am I at mm-hmm. in my life. Um, when I was managing an office, my steadiness was high, yeah. but that also lended itself to, I was very routine in mm-hmm. that role. Um, so it, I, you know, I learned to adjust and adapt that I was very thorough. I had to check things through and, you know, very paced. Whereas when I taken on other roles, even actually right now as, as a broker owner and doing all these different things that I'm doing, I have to be adaptable. A strict routine would not work for me because I have to be able to be responsive. So I think there's certain factors that will, will change, but yeah. there's going to be ones that are pretty fixed. Like that, that is who we are. You could never be not compliant, okay. right? Like that would actually just be a conscious decision that yeah. could be not defiant. Your natural preference is to, to want to have things done right. 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 So as an influencer or like a high eye or however you want to say it, um, what would be different lead gen methods that would be useful or, or, you know, connect well? Well, okay. So Katie, you mentioned, you know, the door knocking was kind of like, oh, do I want to get out there? Daniel, how, how do you feel about getting in front of people? It's, it's so interesting because (laughs) I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. and this doesn't necessarily fit I guess what we're talking about. I can't stand door knocking either. Can't right. Stand. Well, listen, there's a whole stigma around door knocking. Maybe, too, maybe right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me though, you're right. But even getting a, on the phone too. Getting on the phone. Yeah. It's, for me, it's, I like from, I guess my, the DNC, I like to lay the groundwork to have the, you know, the, the table set for the conversation first, but the moment that conversation starts, I'm in my element. Right. So mm. For me, and this is like, there's so many examples. Like we talked about auctions. When we run an auction, the phone is ringing off the hook with people asking questions because it's a new thing. And I'd say I field 95% of those discussions because generally they turn into a half an hour of just relationship building and answering the same questions. (laughs) But at the same time, influencing people about why it's a good idea and why it's okay and what's good about it. Mm -hmm. And one or two you're okay with, but you can't be bothered with that or conversations. Yours will be yeah. three minutes. Well, long, that's the thing. Like I just, mine will I be just a half an hour. The, the facts, the cold, hard facts. I'm not getting right. into anything else. So right. it's very so interesting. The, the nature of the way we yeah. deal with people is very different. Like is, we both yeah. are very big on repeat and referral, very big on that. But mm-hmm. for me, it's maybe, maybe it's the same for you, but for me, it's very much constantly relationship building through discussion, through, entertaining like a lot of my approach is from a let's entertain let's keep people feeling good yeah um but like we said being governed by the rules of what's right so I think for me the best way to put it is we both have the same end game and we're both following the same set of rules but I start by operating in the gray a lot more Mm -hmm. so I don't I don't open by giving the facts and the facts and the facts I start with let's soften the room a little bit Mm. And then let's get to some of the end game I want. So it kind of adds a step. 
which makes things longer. Right. <laughs> which but, makes when, but then when it is right. And when you look at the sales process, right. So when we, we can kind of um, reduce down everything that we kind of do, there's an opening right to how we work with people in initial conversations. There's our methods of communication. There's our ability to close people, uh, customer servicing, our administration, our presentation styles, all of these sort of things fit into this sales process. And so you can see, you've kind of just spoken to a few of them where your openings are going to be very different. Mm -hmm. And depending on who you are with, they're either going to respond immediately to that or they're, they're not. Um, and that's where this level of self-awareness and knowing your blueprint comes in because, you know, we kind of started off the conversation about it's not so much about how we want to work best and how we want to communicate because mm -hmm. um, you both have very similar methods of communication. You're both strong in being able to direct people. You're both strong in being able to have written uh, communication, like you, you're, you don't mince with words, you're very clear, you're very descriptive in things, you probably enjoy writing emails. Um, and, it, you know, in terms of communication. Um, and, but Daniel has the added one of that persuasion. Mm -hmm. So we all have our kind of preferred ways of communicating, but when we're with people, it's so important to be able to speed read them to say, are these people that need, so you kind of, you know, Daniel, you kind of said in a very lovingly way, you know, Katie, you just can't be bothered with some of that stuff, right? Like the warm and fuzzies or, to, you know, to coddle or to kind of, and it's because she's got a goal in mind. Mm -hmm. She knows how she's going to get there. And she leans on where her strengths are, which is like, I just, once you know the facts, guys, the, the, the decision's going to be easy. Um, but if somebody needs to have that small talk, they might look at that as, oh, maybe she doesn't like me. Right. Or maybe like we always have these two sides, right? So I'm, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm very similar to, uh, to you, except I have low dominance to both of you. So I have high influence, high, high compliance, uh, and low dominance. Mm -hmm. And so what, you know, I'm very internal and reflective when I think, so yeah. I've become very aware of my RBT face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no RBF face. Sorry. I got that wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? RBF. Yeah. RBF yeah. yeah. So it's like, I get very serious. And yeah. so people who don't know me, if I'm not consciously aware of that, yeah. I'm listening. Mm -hmm. I'm a very intent listener. So when I listen, I just, it looks like I'm disengaged. Yeah. And so people, I've had that feedback lovingly from people that kind of said, like, you just didn't look like you were really interested in yes. what I was saying. I was like, no, 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 I was listening to you, right? So right. it's about being mindful of how we communicate. And likewise for Daniel, yeah. you go in and like to work a room, you mm -hmm. like to work people. And if somebody is not high influence, they're going to be like, who's this guy? Like, he's fake. He's trying too hard. Like we all have these judgments, right? When we're not working with people that are like us. And so it's really important that we understand how do we ad adjust and adapt our ways of communicating to the people that we're working with? And how do we speed read um, people? Because there are certain defining traits. You don't have to be certified in DISC to right. kind of be able to pick up on things, right? So you mm -hmm. kind of know by... Um, you know, if you're, if you're, if somebody's high dominance, they're going to demonstrate certain traits, like a very firm handshake. They're going to maintain eye contact with you. Um, they're, they're probably going to be quick paced. Like, right. you know, they, they're on a mission. They got something to do uh, very much about facts. They want the facts. They don't want emotional stuff. Right. So they're going to demonstrate certain characteristics in how they communicate via email or respond to your emails. Mm -hmm. So if you're giving an email, that's got a lot of information, they're going to respond back with like one line. Yeah. 
It's like, get to the facts. Don't need all this, all the story stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have high influence people, they're very much the people that you'll notice in a room right away. Yeah. because they're charismatic, because they're talking and they're expressive. And maybe their dress is also reflective of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're dealing with people that are high steadiness, they're, they're not going to be as direct and forceful. Um, you know, they're probably going to be listening more. They're probably going to be the nodders in the room, right? Where they're just nodding to, to acknowledge. They want to make sure that you know that they're listening. So they're nodding a lot. And so they're going to be quieter. They're more supportive. They take on more supportive roles than lead roles. Um, and then people who are high compliance, again, are going to be, um, they're actually going to be a little hard to read. Yeah. Um, people, high compliance people, because again, they're just, uh, they enjoy facts and details. They're not going to be overly expression, you know, give too much expression uh, on their faces. Hence the RBF face, right? It's like, we're just doing our thing. Uh, I just do my thing and I'm not really paying too much attention to that until I am. And then I'm like, oh, I better smile because people are going to think something, yeah. right? So they're very diplomatic. They're probably the ones that in the group are like, the, the trying to calm everybody down, like, okay, I, you want this and you want this. And they're the P you know, they're, they're trying to make it all work. They're very diplomatic in how they handle things. So you can, you can very quickly pick up on where you think somebody is. Yeah. And if you know that then about them and you know where your preference is to want to communicate, you can say, okay, this, this person is a high dominance person and not really getting a sense that they love a lot of chit chat. So probably not going to want to warm up the conversation and just get right to it. Yeah. Uh, and you would adjust that. And Daniel, that might feel so foreign to you. Like that might be like you're being, it feels too cold. Like you're not able to nurture the relationship, but that's what they respond to best. Right. Because they don't want the small talk. I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm no, sure I just, <laughs> no, I just like, I'm thinking of like, I always want to be to the point with people. Cause I figure they're the same wanting the same for me. And so I find when we're talking to somebody, I'm the one that's like, okay, okay, let's like wrap this up because I think they want to stop. But like in reality, like some people are wanting to be talkative and want to want to have the story and all of that. And I'm like kind of pulling them away. So just, I think it's, a, I think you made a really good point of just like recognizing what other people are and being able to like cue into those quick mm-hmm. tricks um, so that you can kind of try to adjust your own approach is really yeah. and, and too, when you know how you, how you operate best, yeah. what's wrong with saying, I want to attract more people like me. Yeah, it's true. And, and then that really then plays into, then let's talk about lead generation. Let's talk about your ideal client avatar. Who are you trying to attract? Who do you want to, who do you want to serve mm-hmm. and who will you best be able to serve? And so that's where that alignment comes back in again. It's like, once you know this about yourself, use it. This is, this is like golden stuff, right? You can say, this is great. I know I'm going to be happiest if I don't have a strict schedule. I know I'm going to be happiest when I have the ability to, I don't know, be more flexible or whatever it is, or be able to warm up a room and network uh, and, you know, get out there and just be around people because I get energized by people. Knowing all of that is going to help you make those decisions that are going to feel right for you as opposed to, well, Katie's doing it like this. So maybe I should too, because Katie looks really successful and she's done really well. So that must work. That must be the right way to do it. And then we end up falling into someone else's way of doing things. And then we wonder why we feel like imposters, right? Because we're, we're, we're really not being ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, and I, I hope the question comes out the right way. Yeah. Because it, it becomes not confusing, but a little, it, it, it creates a lot of questions when I've got three of the letters there and they're all considered high, right? So for me, I just wonder if, would the D and the C, or if you've got three or two, 
do they sort of pluck at your major one or can they temper another one that you have to make, I guess, I don't want to say to the detriment of the eye, but for me, I guess mm -hmm. the, an example I could give you is I will never speak unless spoken to is one example. So when we talk about wanting to be the life of the party, absolutely. I'd love to be the guy who's on stage and all that. But if I'm not invited, I won't be the guy to jump on stage mm -hmm. and take the mic. And I don't know if that's because of the other, the dominance or, or the compliance kind of pulling at the eye and saying, okay, you like this and you're, you're good at it or people like it or whatever. But at the same time, it's not what I strive to do. It's just something that when I'm in it, I'm comfortable, yeah. if that makes sense. So Absolutely. Is, is yeah, it makes perfect sense. Talking to each other, like the different well, letters? I think we have to be really mindful too, whenever we're taking these kind of assessment profiles that they don't take into account your past experience. They don't take into account your emotional intelligence. There's a lot of things that make up our human performance and our human behaviors that these don't take into account. So you might have a belief system around what that looks like if you were to invite yourself to something and you were not asked. Mm -hmm. And that might be what's running again, of knowing the brain and how we're automated and wired to behave. We always, the brain comes right back to those belief systems. And so if you have a belief and that could have formed when you were young, you might've been told, don't speak unless you're spoken to, mm -hmm. like, don't interject your opinion. That's rude. You might've been, you know, and so you create this story and that forms your belief when it's repeated enough and your brain uses that belief as the lens. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different dynamics that really influence our decisions and our behaviors. Um, so there's not one clear cut, but you know, to answer your question, I think in my experience anyways, when you have more than one high factor, all it is is they're already high. So if you needed to flex that muscle, it's already halfway there. You can, you can adjust and adapt. Whereas if, you've got only one high factor that's driving your behavior and the rest are all low. And you had to bring that influence level up, let's just say, but all you had was high dominance. It might feel like that, that transition might not be as natural or as easy to accomplish. So it just, you know, again, we have all of these behavior traits. Um, it's just our ability to understand which ones are most comfortable for us. Cause that's going to be our go-to mechanism. Yeah. And when we need to change, what do I need to do to change that? Which muscle do I need to flex? And most people, like I said, when I do this with realtors, I, I find that those that are, um, have been in other positions before that involved being around people. Yeah. When I see their most natural self-image graph and it's low influence, their work mask, which is like, how are they behaving in the work world? Their influence has come up. So mm -hmm. it tells me they've already learned how to exercise that. And they recognize that when I'm in an industry, as I am right now, where I have to be around people, I'm going to have to turn that on. Um, and, and so both of you have kind of demonstrated that ability to adjust those things. Katie, you, you, it's, you know, even though your preference might be to, you know, not be overly talkative and, you know, be out there communicating around people all the time, you do that. In right. fact, actually, I was, I was actually surprised because I actually would have pegged you as a, uh, as a high influence person. You've got a podcast for crying out loud. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know it's funny because of how the questions were worded. Like there were some that I'm like, I, I almost chose one other one, but um, yeah, I think naturally. And I know when we were talking on your podcast 
uh, a little while ago about like the introvert and the extrovert and like that comes into play too right yeah because like I pull my energy from being alone and like independent work and things like that and I can go out and be extroverted and talk to people but once I'm done that my energy is down and I need to reset or I am like I can't keep going (laughs) yeah and is that the same for you Daniel that I like to recharge for sure, but I get nice. driven by the activity. Yeah. Like I, I, if, if one of us had to go home or, or whatever, oh, yeah. if someone's going to run so out of gas, home. it's yeah. her <laughs> 10 out of 10 100%. times for sure. But yeah. I mean, but the, the alter the other side of that is from, you know, a scheduling routine perspective, even though we're both low in steadiness, yeah, I couldn't be lower in that. Like, I'm happy that's low because for me, anything that isn't mandatory and fixed for a reason mm. I'm happy with setting three things, but yesterday was an example. I had yeah. three things set out, but when they were going to happen was completely up in the air as long yeah, as they yeah. got done. Mm. Yeah. If I knew I had to do it at nine. I would have been stressed out. Yeah. Really stressed out. Yeah. So it, and so you can see, right. When you get, when you get caught into the trying to take someone else's way of doing things, if it's not aligned with who you are, you're going to meet resistance because it's not how you naturally prefer to work. And it's not to say that we should never change ourselves, or we should never strive to adapt to situations. Adaptability is one of the key drivers for success, right? We have to be able to be adaptable. But when you know what that blueprint is, and then you start layering that in with, are you introverted, extroverted? Um, What were your past experiences growing up? What beliefs are driving your decisions around money, around time, around success? We're just, we're way, I mean, humans are way too dynamic to, you know, keep it to a, to a profile, right? right? Like it's, it just, that it's a good benchmark to start from. It's a great place to come back to if someone is struggling mm-hmm. because you can, you can refer back to it and say, okay, well, tell me, how are you structuring your day? Tell me, how are you engaging in presentations? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, we're going to have a go-to mechanism for how we relay and convey information. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be very direct and just tell Some people are going to be storytelling and more animated. Some people are going to be more listening and maybe not be giving the information that they need. And so we have to recognize what, where does our blueprint put us? Um, And and then being aware of that so that we can adjust. Mm -hmm. So with your align method, like, do you take this into consideration? Like, is this like a big, a bigger factor for you and your like coaching and training of, of people? Yeah. So when I work, when I work with agents and we're looking at diagnosing problems, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they're saying that this is, you know, they're doing this and it's not working. Yeah. Um, I, my immediately is to kind of let's go through the profile so that I can see how that they're wired best, right? What is it? What is their natural way of doing things? Mm-hmm. But I actually with the align method is uh, really more focused on on the mindset and the, and the wiring of the brain. Um, and how we use, you know, what are the beliefs that are driving our behaviors? Because more often than not, that's usually where the problem is. Mm. Um, it's, it's, you know, people saying like, I just, I had a, a, an email from uh, one of the agents that was like, I just listened to your uh, money belief podcast. Oh my goodness. This is my, pro- I just realized that this is why I'm stuck mm. because we have concepts around money. Are wealthy people different than us? Uh, am I worthy enough? What is it going to take to achieve that money? Is money easy to make or hard to make? Is it easy to lose or hard to lose? Right. So we have all these concepts and beliefs without realizing it. Those are running on a subconscious level. They're programmed. So if we don't ever bring those things out of automation and look at them, we're never really going to know how they're impacting our decisions. And so chances are, without speaking to this one particular person, 
it might be that she's setting all these amazing goals and she's got an amazing dream and vision and she's out there doing it, but she's holding herself back because money's equating to something for her. Um, you know, there's been, there's been people that have been successful at creating a six figure business. Uh, you know, they can get their business up to, let's say 200,000 and they just can't seem to go past that. Mm -hmm. And when you start digging in and start understanding, well, what's the story, what's your experience with money in 200,000, they might have a belief that when you hit a certain level, it means you have to sacrifice family, that you now have to be away from your kids more or that you become ruthless or, you know, whatever that, whatever that is. So um, I, I think a big part of alignment is a knowing your blueprint of your personality and behavior styles, yeah. B knowing the blueprint of how our brain is wired and then C looking at all of that and saying, okay, what we know about neuroscience and how we can hack the brain. So it can be wired to align with our vision as opposed to aligning just to keep us safe. How can we use all of that? and really create a business that's going to support the life that we love. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're all here for. Yeah. You know, everybody wants, nobody gets into business to lose money. We, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the understanding is we want to be financially successful, but it's what is that going to do for you? What is that going to look like? How is that going to impact you, your kids, your family, the people around you? What impact do you want to have on the world? Mm -hmm. um, and so when you can align, things are more enjoyable, they're less resistant, and you, you really elevate that level of self-awareness, which again, I said, it, you know, couldn't be more important to success. Yeah. That self-awareness and then being able to like, I really think there's a lot of power in reading other people and, and getting those cues and then recognizing that I'm not like the way I'm acting isn't the be all and end all. Like, you know, I've got to adjust my personality to match up. And especially if you're trying to get business from these people and make them into clients, they need to feel like they're connecting with you. And there's only the only way you can do that is to, first of all, be self-aware of how you come off naturally and then try to adjust based on that. Yeah. Well, you know, and from your experience, you've had clients, I'm sure that, they're constantly asking, what would you do? Yeah. What would you do? And yeah. if you're not wired and that's not your blueprint, you might be like, I'm not going to tell you what I would do. Like, here, let me give you the facts. You figure it out. But what they actually need from you is affirmation. Right. That's how they're going to make the decision. Mm -hmm. So you can give them all the stats and, you know, concrete information and you can motivate them. But at the end of the day, they're waiting for the, I think you should do this. And yeah. so it, it is, it's a fine balance of knowing, again, being able to understand what does this person need? Yeah. to be able to make a decision that's right for them. Because, you know, if you're going into it, um, which I know both of you are very high in integrity, um, you know, you, you do want to make an impact. You want the best for the people that you're working for um, mm -hmm. and working with. You're not going to go and try and persuade them to manipulate them. Right. You're, and that's, you know, that's the fine line when we look at things like NLP. You know, we see both sides, right? We see how some people use it to manipulate and some people really just use it to understand this is human behavior, what do you need to make a decision? Because it's, it's not what I want for you. It's what you want. Yeah. Um, but it's, you can't recognize that if you don't recognize it in yourself first. For sure. Yeah. No. Well, that, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good kind of line to, 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 end to off close on. Because really, that's the theme of all this <laughs> is really, I mean, we're going to dive into these reports a little bit deeper now. It was yeah. really refreshing to hear that, though. Mm -hmm. And I do want to make sure everyone listening now is saying, OK, I love Michelle, whether they've heard you before <laughs> or this is their first time. That's right. Can we just remind them where they can find you? And if they do want to learn more about alignment, 
all the fun ways that they can get in contact with you other than just playing this podcast on repeat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you. Yes, I think, um, I mean, my website is michellereci.com. So it's just my name. That's pretty easy. Um, on Instagram, uh, I have the Linktree account in my bio. So I have all of the links there to the Align Facebook group, to the podcast, um, you know, any kind of free training courses that I'm hosting. So Instagram's probably the uh, easiest place to find me. And again, my handle is Michelle Reese, So very easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's usually the best place. And I'm happy to kind of connect with uh with anybody that wants to learn more about uh alignment and Mm -hmm. and I just I I really you know I I do it because I'm tired of seeing people struggle (laughs) to be honest with you like it's just we you know we come in and this industry is so much full of promise and and you can just it has that lifestyle entrepreneurship um you know a flavor to it and yet very few are actually enjoying it like even the top producing realtors you can get to 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 that level of success but you're on holidays working so is it really a holiday and maybe it is maybe that's how you want to spend your time and that's cool too but if you know if your idea and vision is not coming to fruition and you're kind of bumping into falling back into old habits and doing things that are not aligned to where you want to go, it's going to make it really, really hard to get there. So Mm -hmm. I'm really just motivated to help people get that enjoyment and that freedom and that, you know, that financial success that, that we all want. Yeah. And I think anybody that's seen you knows how genuine you are, Mm -hmm. but if you haven't met Michelle or or seen her work, um, I can tell you from experience, like she just wants to, like, even when we were starting our first, like, iteration of our podcast, which is now change, but like, um, like the amount of just help and support you gave us with wanting nothing in return, just like, you know, sharing the knowledge and like, that's what you're all about. And that's what I think this industry needs more of. It's just, it's so refreshing. So thank you for sharing with us today and for the friendship. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. (laughs) I know, (laughs) right. Even us introverts are like, I I still can't wait to get around people. Like, okay, I hit my breaking point. I need people around me now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> At the beginning, I was like, I was good. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something. No, but I'm excited for you guys. Like I said, we really did not dive into your profiles and there's so much to extract from it. Yeah. Um, and I know you guys are going to, you're going to get all of that. Um, and I'm excited to see what uh, comes out of the, the next uh, podcast episode. Yeah. So are we, we're, yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> so thanks again, Michelle. Thank so, you guys. We're all going to close without a BRF. All of us. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Level up, 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 level up,